All right, everyone, welcome back to Shay Says. I am so excited to begin this episode and to really get more into anxiety. So if you have not heard any of the last episodes so far, I suggest you stop right now and go back. So in our last episode, we were with Dr. Sadeh and we really broke down what anxiety is and how to really appropriately talk about it. Because we talked about how that a lot of people in our generation, they tend to say they have anxiety without actually being diagnosed with anxiety. So in this episode, I have Dr. Zingaro, clinical psychologist at Mid-Atlantic Behavioral Health, and we're really going to help and discuss going over different tips on how to deal with anxiety, dealing with anxious moments, and how one who may have generalized anxiety could deal with their hardships. So please remember that if you are listening and this advice is not enough to help you, please contact your local physician to get more resources. So thank you, Dr. Zingaro, for coming on this episode to discuss the difficulties of dealing with anxiety in everyday lives and offering tips for the listeners. Thank you for having me. So in the last episode, just as I said before, we talked about how everyone gets anxious and how that's actually like an inborn instinct to respond to threat or fear or worry. And we may all have irrational thoughts. But we also talked about how people immediately think that they're diagnosed with anxiety and that's not true. With, for example, if someone were to have generalized anxiety disorder, that it actually disrupts their life like every day. What do you really have to like add to that? Well, I think you're bringing up an important point in terms of there being a distinction between the term anxiety that people use colloquially and clinical anxiety. So when we're talking about clinical anxiety, we're talking about a diagnosed anxiety disorder uh, as opposed to just feeling anxious or, or feeling stressed or feeling worried. Um, the clinical presentation is more um, severe than that. I know especially what has been your thoughts on just being in quarantine? Do you feel as if people might have developed more anxious tendencies? What do you think? Well, I, I think that when people are under stress, they are going to manifest more challenges than they might otherwise. So when we're thinking about um, how people kind of manage stress and anxiety, the more sort of things that you have on your plate, the more difficult it becomes to kind of manage them all simultaneously. And each person kind of has their own threshold, which we often kind of refer to as resilience, uh, their own kind of ability to manage those things. And the more that an individual's resources are taxed, the less they are, uh, the less they have available to kind of manage things that sort of come up. So if you're already, you know, kind of in a very stressful situation and then something else comes along to sort of compound that stress, you may find yourself having uh, a harder time than usual managing that. Thank you. So before we get into our main tips that you have to give, I've noticed that I guess, I don't know if you can attest to this from when you were growing up, but I can see now that when someone is trying to give advice to one who may be going through an anxious moment or who has anxiety, that they tell them not to think about it. And I always thought that was kind of funny because when people do have anxiety or they're feeling anxious, that all they can do is think about it. I, I do. And I, I think that 
it's like many things it's a complicated issue and it's it's a lot more uh, gray than it is black and white but um, I think in in a sense both are correct so what I mean by that is that if I were seeing a client who was anxious and part of that anxiety was ruminating on worrisome thoughts and anxiety part of part of our approach might be to help that person develop strategies to use distraction as a way to um, put their attention on something else and that, that can be helpful um, but the the simple advice of just don't think about it is often not particularly helpful for people because it doesn't really provide any guidance or assistance in how to actually do that it's, it's very easy to say don't think about it it's actually much more difficult to do that I wanted you to be able to go more into tips that we may be able to give one who does not have anxiety disorder. And then I would like for you to give the distinction between if someone were to have anxiety disorder, what advice would you give them? Well, uh, I think the advice that you gave your listeners at the top of the show is appropriate in the, in the sense that if a person feels as though uh, there is kind of more going on than they are readily able to handle or if they if a person feels as though uh, their anxiety is kind of preventing them from doing things in their life that they want to be doing then um, probably some professional assistance with that would be for the best um, and you know I think one of the misconceptions about um, anxiety might be or maybe the, maybe the misconception is more about treatment in general but uh, it doesn't always have to be a, a long drawn-out course of treatment so as an example um, exposure and response prevention, which is one of the main uh, treatments for anxiety, uh, can be effective in a relatively short period of time. Once people start developing the skills and the strategies to manage that anxiety and putting it into practice in their lives, that's actually the key component, um, they, can, they can find relief sometimes relatively quickly. So sometimes it's just a matter of uh, learning some new skills, finding some ways to uh, approach things differently, trying to alter maybe your perception of things that are worrisome uh, and with some assistance through um, a trained counselor people can can get some results with that reasonably quickly um, so I think there's that piece of it I think the other part is that um, you know I, I don't know how much detail you went into with your previous um, in your previous episode but you know some anxiety is necessary. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is part of that biological fight or flight response system. So um, another, I guess, misconception that comes up a lot in therapy when I deal with folks who are anxious is they often say, well, I don't want to be anxious anymore. And, and so we have to kind of talk about how that's not necessarily a, a realistic or even a desirable goal. Yeah. Because to some degree, um, anxiety uh, in the non-clinical sense helps to protect people from danger, right? So if you were completely non-anxious then you know there might like why would you bother checking both ways for traffic because you wouldn't be concerned about consequences right so so some anxiety is good and some anxiety can be um, helpful in terms of being a motivating factor or uh, giving people you know kind of energy um, that nervous energy so if it can be sort of harnessed and utilized it can be very helpful but what becomes a problem is uh, really avoidance and I think you touched on that a little bit earlier is in that most people find the emotional experience or the, the 
the experience of anxiety to be very unpleasant. And so we do what we can to not subject ourselves to the things that make us feel that way. The problem becomes that that becomes a pattern and a habit that then prevents us from doing things that we want to do in our life. And then you people sometimes find themselves in that situation where they say, well, my anxiety won't let me do X. Uh, and that's because essentially that person has likely developed a pattern and a habit of avoiding X. Uh, and that, that becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy or becomes self-reinforcing. So the more that we avoid the thing that makes us anxious, uh, the more anxious we become in general. Thank you so much for going into that. I feel like that definitely covers up a lot of what I was saying where, again, many people in my age group, we just believe that we can't be anxious. It's not okay to be anxious. And I try to give the advice to many people that come to me with it. I'm just like, it's it's okay. So what, what do you feel as if when people come in to therapy or they're coming to therapy and immediately all they want is medicine or that's just what they want. Like, what do you feel about that? Where it's like, hey, I'm anxious. Do you just have something to fix that? Kind of going back to what you said. Well, you know, personally, I feel as though people should explore all the avenues that are open to them to find relief. Um, and I certainly think that medication can be a piece of that. Um, however, as a psychologist, you know, my work is really based on talk therapy and kind of helping people develop skills uh, and and habits that help them to uh, live the kind of lifestyle that they want to live so my focus is really more on that but if you look at you know research studies that in, in most cases um, the combination of medication plus treatment is what gets people the results most quickly but different people have different attitudes about how comfortable they are with medication um, you know uh, ideas that they might have about that so just as much as we get people who come in and say you know I'm just kind of just give me some some pill and let me get on with my life you also have people who come in and say I really don't want to take medication I need to find another avenue and I think both approaches are, are valid and I think that that should be a discussion that individuals have with their uh, treatment providers whether that be a prescriber or whether that be a therapist or a psychologist or counselor or or whatever and I think that that should just be an ongoing discussion because I don't think there is a, a one-size-fits-all answer for that. How do you see anxiety today versus how it was maybe back then? Well, I am a little older than you, yes. so, there, so there is there is that, <laughs> okay. I guess, consideration. Um, I think if you were to look at the research, one thing that has been noticed by others is that there seems to be an increase in the prevalence of depression and anxiety among younger people, and there seems to be an interesting correlation between that and the uh, wide availability of smartphones. Yep. So uh, as you've had more and more people gain access to the internet, more and more people using social media, uh, you end up, I think, with people who are experiencing a different set of challenges than people in my generation and other generations may have experienced. As, as, as a way of a quick example, um, take bullying, for example, right? So this is an issue that has gotten a lot of attention uh, lately, as it should. We should be doing whatever we can to try to you know, reduce that. But bullying itself has also changed significantly from when I was a child to what kids today are having to deal with. So as an example, if I was being bullied on the playground when I was a kid, uh, when I would go home, presumably 
that bullying would stop. You know, the bully's not coming to my house and, you know, chasing me through my yard and, and giving me a hard time. But today, I can carry that bully in my pocket because when, when people are commenting on my Instagram or they're commenting on my Facebook, like the harassment sort of never ends at that point. So, so younger people, I think, find themselves with a different set of challenges than people in my generation would have experienced. And, and I think, unfortunately, sometimes it's harder for the adults in the world to kind of catch up to what's going on with the younger people. So I think a lot of adults aren't aware of how impactful that could be um, and don't necessarily see it um, because it's so different than what any of us have experienced. It's almost hard to kind of imagine it, if that makes sense. Thank you for really laying that out. And I really want to thank you again for being in this conversation about anxiety and to really help us understand. And again, if this episode was not able to give you what you may have needed to help with your prominent situation, then please again, go seek professional help by a caring therapist or psychologist because you're not alone. So again, thank you guys for listening and please do not carry around that burden of anxiety. Thanks again. I will talk to you guys in the next episode.